This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. In this winter semester, we'll be sending out a series of shurim on understanding minhagim, different minhagim of Rabbanim uh, in the last uh, couple of generations, to be delivered by Harav Benjamin Tavoy. Ashi'ur today will discuss issues of Sviata Omer. I'd like to begin by quoting a comment that I once heard from Dr. Professor Chaim Salavechik. It's interesting to see the development of the scope of Talmudic and Halachic literature. The laws of Sviyasa Omer are encapsulated in the Rambam, in a parak in Hilchas Tamidim Musafim, in a few halachas. Today we can have a 600-page sefer about Sviyasa Omer, Tons and tons of articles and literature have been written about this. Some might question the importance of such expansion, and some might look at it as Lagdil Torah Ladira. We will discuss, as usual, mostly Minhagim of Raboseinu. I'm referring specifically to Rav Salavechik, who is quoted in context of Sviyas Omer, very often by Rav Tzvi Shechter, in his various Svarim. But we're also going to deal with Minhagim that come, stem earlier from the days of even the early Rishonim. We'll begin by the actually actual event of counting Sviyas Omer. Many people have a custom of beginning Sviyas Omer by saying L'Shem Yichud. Now, L'shem Yichud itself is a topic of minhagim, whether it's good to say or not good to say. There's a famous tshuva, the Noda Bihuda, who discourages us from saying L'shem Yichud ever. But this is not specifically related to Sfrasa Omer. So I'd like to point out what's specifically related. Rav Moshe Steinbach has pointed out in many of his works over and over again that there seems to be an inherent problem in saying the L'Shem Yichud the way most people say it. In Alon Shvut, in the shul, they sing it that way, at least on Friday nights, when the community is all together, they sing Hinani Muchan HaMazuman L'Kaim Mitzvah say without the L'Shem Yichud, just the Hinani Muchan HaMazuman, L'Kaim Kamosh HaKasavah Now, there is a big controversy in Rishonim whether Sphira today is Midoraisa or not. The Rambam's opinion is that Sphira is Midoraisa today, even though we don't have an Omer, but the mitzvah of Sphira's Omer nevertheless is Doraisa. Whereas Tosfus in Menachos <coughs> says clearly that he thinks Tos, that he thinks Sphira's Omer is the Rabbanan. Because there's no Omer, the mitzvah is miyama v'yachem es omrat nufa. Since the Torah attached the mitzvah of Sphira from the day that you brought the Omer, Tosas interprets that to mean actually from the day that you bring the Omer, not when you could bring the Omer, we should bring the Omer, but from the time of bringing the, from the day that you brought the Omer, and since we don't bring an Omer, says Sphira Omer is only Drabanan today. There's a Tosas in Megillah that points out that there's another custom of after we say, after we count Sfirah Omer, 
we say a Yiratzon, and we mention Sheibana Beis HaMikdash. Tosus points out that this phrase that we pray that the Beis HaMikdash should be rebuilt is accustomed to say after a mitzvah, which is a Zechel HaMikdash. When we institute a mitzvah to recall that we should remember the Beis HaMikdash, so then we say this Yiratzon. According to this Tosus, it's certainly not a mitzvah daraisa to say Sfer It might not even be considered a regular Rabbanan. It's a Zeichel HaMikdash. And of course, I won't deal with the Sugyan Menachos, where Amemar says clearly that he counted the days, didn't count the weeks. And the Gemara says Zeichel HaMikdash. With all the various interpretations of that Gemara and the Machlokas, there is a uh, serious Machlokas and Rishonim, how do we paskin? But I mentioned there are at least three opinions that Sri Asamar could be Daraisa, perhaps it's Rabbanan, and perhaps it's not even a real Rabbanan, it's a Zeichel HaMikdash. So Rav Steinberg pointed out when we say Kemosh basically what we're saying is that we are now going to be a mitzvah that, as it says in the Torah. In other words, we're going to be a mitzvah Daraisa. Now, according to some Rishonim, this mitzvah, the mitzvah is only the Rabbanan. If a person gets up and says, I'm going to fulfill a mitzvah daraisa, and in fact he's being mekayim a mitzvah Rabbanan, it sounds like a problem of Baal Isn't it a fact that the Ram says that if chicken and milk is also the Rabbanan, and a person, well, Bezdin, that we might distinguish between a person and Bezdin, but if Bezdin would say that chicken in milk is also medaraisa, then they're over baltosif. They're taking it rabbanan and saying it's daraisa. That's a real problem. So to go and say that I'm mekayim a mitzvah daraisa is a problem. That I'm saying I I'm passing that it's daraisa. Tosus thinks it's rabbanan. On the other hand, at the end of sviyasomer, we we there is a custom which is very prevalent that people say this. As printed in Sidurim, Yiratzon Shibane Beis Hamikdash, which implies that it's Zechel Hamikdash. So Rav Shneibel pointed out we're actually contradicting ourselves. We're beginning by saying we took a stance that the mitzvah is daraisa. At the end we say, but we also take the opinion that it's a Zechel Hamikdash, unless we would really try to split it and say part of the mitzvah is daraisa and part Zechel Hamikdash, which again is beyond the scope of this particular type of shiur. I always wondered when a person does a mitzvah and there's a big question whether it's the rice drabanan, what type of kavana should he have? For example, when you make havdalah, Motsai Shabbos, many, many Rishonim think that havdalah is a mitzvah drabanan. Kiddush, Shabbos, Friday night Kiddush is a mitzvah daraisa, but the havdalah is drabanan. The Rambam's shita is well known that the Ram says that havdalah is also daraisa. So when people make havdalah, do they have intention to fulfill the mitzvah daraisa, mitzvah rabbana. So I guess that most good people who make havdalah don't even know that there is a machlokitz with daraisa rabbana. And they mean to be mekayim the mitzvah havdalah, whatever it is. So I'm going to say havdalah, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will tell me eventually if I fulfill the daraisa, the rabbana. So this would seem to be the approach that's recommended by Rav Moshe Steinbach. A person should count Sfira, but not take the position that it's the Raisa, 
not even take the position that it's Zeichel Mikdash. It would be best just to count Svirasa Omer. And ultimately, the Machlokas Rishonim, whether it's the Rasa Rabbanan, is not up to me to decide. The interesting point of counting Svirasa Omer is the actual words of Svirasa Omer, of counting. In the Shulchan Aruch, it's mentioned that you count Svirasa Omer by saying in Simon Tov Peites, the Shulchan Aruch says that you say B'yom HaRishon Hayom Yom Echad. Now in parentheses, it says Ba'omer. Where do these parentheses come from? In the Shulchan Aruch, the text of the Mechaber, it says Hayom Yom Echad. It doesn't say the word Ba'omer at all. But the, in parentheses, it's written Ba'omer. In one of uh, Rav uh, Professor Sperber's brilliant articles about additions in the text of the Shulchan Aruch, he points out that sometimes the brackets that are found in the text of the Shulchan Aruch are neither from the Shulchan Aruch from Beis Yosef and nor from the Ramah. And he used our example of Baomer, which is found in the parentheses. In the tour, it says Hayom Yom Echad. The Ramah in Darche Moshe doesn't add a thing. Many people originally said that that seems to be the correct way to count. Hayom Yom Echad. Rav Professor Sperber quotes a number of Svarim, the Machzovitri, the Sefer Ora, who all have the words Hayom Yom Echad without saying Ba'omer. Now, it is true that at Shuvah Sarashba, the Rashba was asked, should you say Laomer or not? And the Tshuva of the Rashba answered was, it's all the same. It is better to say Laomer, to be more specific. So, the Laomer is what it said in the Rashba, not Baomer, Laomer. So, Rav Sperberg says that if this statement would have been from the Mechaber, he would have probably said, La-Omer, not Ba-Omer. And he also quoted that in the Shulchan Aruch, he uses the phrase, Lag La-Omer, in Simon Tov Tzadi Gimel. So apparently, the phrase Ba-Omer that's printed in the brackets, in the parentheses in the Shulchan Aruch, are not from the Mechaber at all. If anything, he would have said La'omer and not Ba'omer. Ultimately, which should we say? Ba'omer or La'omer? In Rav Shechter's works on the Minhagim of Rav Salavechik, he explained that there is really a difference about Ba'omer and La'omer. He said, even though one person might disagree. The simple interpretation of the Machlokas would be that the time is called Omer. 
in the middle of this time is called Ba'omer. La'omer is referring to the time that you bring the Omer. So he said, this would depend upon the Machlokes if Sfira today is the Araisa or the Rabbanon. If Sfira Samer is the Araisa, so then it makes sense to say Ba'omer. The mitzvah is to count in the Omer whether there is an Omer or not. If the mitzvah today is Drabanan, so then you could say La Omer from the day of the of the Omer, from the, from bringing the Omer. But today it would be Drabanan. At the end, he quotes a custom of Rav Salavechik that Rav Salavechik would say both of them. He would say, Hayom, Yom Echad, and Ba'omer, and La'omer. But Rav Shechter points out that not only did the Rav say both of them, but he was meticulous about the order. The first one he said was Ba'omer which would imply that Sfirah today is the Raisa. But then afterwards he would say La'omer, which of course, according to Rav Shechter's explanation, would mean that today's Sfirah is the Rabbanan. And the reason he would do it that way is because he said the Hiratzon afterwards. So he wanted to attach the Hiratzon to the opinion that Sfirah today is the Rabbanan. If you would have said Ba'omer at the end and say Hiratzon, that would have con- maintained a basic conflict. But apparently the Rav was not bothered by what bothered Rav Steinbach of saying both opinions. When I say both opinions, I said Sviatre is Doraisa or Sviatre is Drabanan. I don't know and I'm going to say Ba'omer and La'omer. Now, in Rav Schechter's other work about the 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 Nefesh Haraf, he mentioned that Rav Gurelik, one of the famous Ramim of Yeshiva University, quoted Rav Velvel as saying both. But he used to say, Hayom Echad Lo Omer, and afterwards say, Belachash, quietly, Ba Omer. Now, interestingly enough, it seems the opposite of what Rav Shechter quoted in the name of the Rav, of saying Ba'omer and then La'omer. But more than that, the way it was done was different. The, the Rav would say the whole thing, Hayom Yemechad Ba'omer, and then repeat Hayom Yemechad La'omer. Whereas Rav Velvel would say Hayom Yemechad La'omer Ba'omer. And Rav Gorelik argued and said that according to the custom of Rav Salavechik, once you said Hayom Yom Echad La'omer, you counted Svira. Even if you don't say La'omer, we saw that you actually fulfill the mitzvah of counting. According to the basic law found in Shulchan Aruch, without the parentheses, according to the Rishonim that we saw quoted by Professor Sperber, you don't have to say La'omer or Ba'omer. So once you said, you finished. What's the point of saying it a second time? And that's why Rav Gorelik preferred the custom of the Brisker Rav to say, 
היום יום אחד לא אומר, בא אומר. As if you're saying it תוך כדי דיבור, and you, as if you are saying both of them. That's always a question how you look at saying the next word תוך כדי דיבור, are you really saying both of them or saying only one of them? But in, in any case, interestingly enough, how we shown him didn't really care to say anything, either Ba'omer or La'omer. But because of the Tshuva's HaRashba, that it's better to be more definitive, we entered this whole controversy if it's better to say Ba'omer and La'omer. And the meaning of the Rav is actually to say both. Another custom that is found more in Chutzlaretz than in Eretz Yisrael is that when after Yudav and Mariv, they turn to the local Rav to count Sphira. In America, from my recollection, more shuls have Rabbanim in Eretz Yisrael, and the Rav comes to comes to the minion. So perhaps just the very fact that he's there, they somehow honor him by counting Sphira. Whereas in Eretz Yisrael, many shuls don't have a Rav. The Rav doesn't come to this particular minion. There are a lot of different minyanim. So perhaps it's just a, a pragmatic approach that you do ask the Rav to, to count Svira, but if the Rav's not there or there is no Rav, then the, the Baal says. The question really is, why would you ask the Rav to count Svira at all? Why shouldn't the Baal count Svira? I think most people will tell you that the reason is also a very pragmatic one. In the shul that a different balabas will daven marev one night, a different balabas another night, and many people daven when they have yard site, we're always a little bit nervous that maybe somebody who's about to daven marev had not counted sphira, had skipped a full day of sphira, and therefore we would be embarrassing him if he had to count in public and he would have to admit that I can't make a bracha. Whereas the Rav, assumedly, went to shul every night, assumedly was more meticulous about counting sphira. So therefore, we wouldn't have to worry about it. If this is true, then it's just a simple pragmatic fact to assume that the rabbi has not skipped the day of sphira. The real interesting question would be, what would the Rav do if he really did forget a day? Especially in communities where the Balitvila themselves might, one might think that they would be reluctant, reluctant to make the bracha in public because perhaps they forgot also. And you turn to the Rav, what would the Rav do? So again, this is more of a halachic discussion than minhagim because I've never met a Rav who said that he did this be, and admitted that he skipped the day of sphere and relied on this psak. But there are people who paskin that if the Rav really skipped a day, he could ask someone in shul to, who has not skipped a day and tell one person privately that the Rav of the shul skipped a day and therefore, what he asked this person to do is not to count, and the Rav would be motzi him. Even though this is a little bit of an interesting halachic discussion, 
if the Rav had skipped a day, is he still, could he still be Motsi, somebody with Sfirah Omer? There's a lot of discussion about this. Uh, for example, in the Sefer of Rav Pesach Frank, Mikroi Kodesh, there's a whole discussion about this. Would we compare it to Megillah on the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, where some people are allowed to read the Megillah on the 11th, but the people who live in the city would not be allowed? Would a person who lives in the city be able to be Motsi, a person who doesn't live in the city? If you're not Mechuyev in the mitzvah today, could you be Motsi somebody who is Mechuyev today? This halachic question is not, again, in our parameters of our shiurim, but there is an opinion, a well-known opinion, that if a person skips a day of Sphira, he could count without with a bracha anyway. Now, we don't paskan that way, but if we would combine both opinions, A, perhaps he could be Motsi a person who did not skip a day. B, he could rely on the opinion that even if you skip a day, you can continue with a bracha. And we would have a, a third factor that we don't we don't want the Rav to be embarrassed in public. Perhaps the Rav would really do that. Perhaps the Rav would get up and make a bracha to be mozi someone else with this combination of opinions that perhaps it would be acceptable. We'll g- discuss for a few minutes the custom of Avelus of the of Sphira. Again, Professor Sperber, in his volumes on Minagei Yisrael, has a very brilliant discussion of the source of all these minhagim. He points out that originally the Isur of Sphira, or if perhaps we shouldn't even use the word Isur, what we should use is the, the Minag of not having weddings is the only thing that's mentioned originally in the, in, in Mishonim. We've shown him say that, of course, it's based on the Gemara in Yevamos, uh, that the students of Rabbi Akiva died in the days of Sphira. So there's a, there was a custom not to have weddings during that period of time. The custom seems to have been not to have weddings the entire time of Sfira Sa'omer, from the beginning of Sfira till the very end of Sfira. In the Shulchan Aruch, it says, in Simen Tov Tzadi Gimel, Noagim Shelol Isha Bein Pesach Latzeret Ad Lamed Gimel Laomer Interesting, remember? Lamed Gimel Laomer Mepnei Shebeoso Zman Mesu Talmidei Rebekiva. So, the first halach in the Shulchan Aruch in Simen Tav Tzadi Gimel is there's a minig, only a minig, not to have weddings, but at what point? The entire time of Sviyas Omer. The Torah explained, it's not appropriate to have simcha 
to at this period of time. By the way, the Mishnah Bura says there's no problem with making Shechianu during Sviyas Omer. It's not appropriate to have a wedding of Simcha. So, the simple quote of the Mechaber is the entire twelve, the entire period of Sphira. Rabbi Professor Sperber quotes a lot of sources that discuss this custom of not having weddings until days of Sphira. During the days of Sphira. Now, there is a tradition that the Talmud of Akiva died at Pros, from Pesach to Pros Shavuos. So some people explain that this means Pros Shavuos. This source was found in a Sfardi, in Sfardi texts that Rabbi, the students of Akiva died Mi Pesach at Pros Atzeres. Now Pros is like the half time between between let's say um, the end till the end of till the end of Shuas. So according to that, they stopped dying Ulamid Gimel Baomer, Ulamid Gimel Laomer. And therefore the fast day the, the days of Avelis would be over at Lagba Omer. So it seems that the original customs of having Avelus for the purposes of weddings began from Pesach and lasted either the entire period of Sphira or until Lagba Omer. But where did the custom come about that there's no haircuts either? All these sources that we're quoted discussed the halacha of weddings. The Shulchan Aruch in the next Sif, Tav Pei, Tav Tzadi Gimel, Sif Beis, says also, Noagim Shalol is Taper Ad Lamed Gimel Laomer, Sheomim Sheaz Pasku Milamus. There's another custom. It seems to be almost two different customs. Professor Sperber traces this back till the days of Rabbi Akkoin of Lunil, who said, not only do we not get married in these days, but we don't take haircuts. But again, all these customs would either begin from Pesach and continue the Hosphira, or begin with Pesach and end with Lagba Omer. Where did the custom come up of saying that they didn't die until Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Now we know that that there. This is the famous minhag of Ashkenaz. The Ramah says, "Bimdinas einu elu, bimdinas elu, einu agim kidvarav, ella mistapim biyom lamid gimel, umabim bogtas." And then he says, in Sif Gimel. That many people have a custom that they take haircuts until Rosh Chodesh year, and you should be careful not to take your haircut after Lag Bomer, because even though you're allowed to take haircut on Lag Bomer, but you have to have enough days. You can't say I will keep Svira from from Rosh Chodesh 
Iyar until Lagbame. You have to do either from Rosh Chodesh Iyar until the end of Svira, or from Pesach until Lagba Omer. Those are the two customs that seem to be prevalent in the Ashkenazi world. Whereas I said in the Sephardi world, it seems to be all of Pesach. But where did this come about? That the students of Bekiva died during Sphira. Now, you could argue at pros, but at pros would mean they started dying the beginning of Sphira and they stopped in Lagbomer. You could say, no, it took place the entire Sphira. But where do you get the opinion from that it begins with Lag, with like with the Rosh Chodesh. So, Professor Sperber's theory is that the original concept of having Avelis of Sphira was really based on that Gemara Yuvamis about the story of Rebbe Kiva. However, he felt that the Ashkenazi custom really wasn't based only on the history of Rebbe Kiva, but it was because of the Crusades, which occurred at that time, that they decided to have a mourning period, and in that that point they could begin from Rosh Chodesh Iyar until until um, until Shavuos. I'll summarize by reading the last paragraph of this particular article of Professor Sperber. The beginning of Avelis of, of Sphira has its roots in the Avelis, according to that Gemara of Rebbe Kiva. And in Lag Omer, according to one tradition, they stopped dying. The Svardi custom is completely based on the Talmudic tradition, and that is a memory of that Avelis. However, the Ashkenazic custom reflects the tragedy of the Gzeirot of Tav Tav Nunvav. It happens to be at the same time that Rebbe Kiva and his Talmidim were murdered, the Kedoshe Ashkenaz were died al Kiddush Hashem, and therefore we would have Avelus any time that the Ashkenazim chose. But interestingly enough, most people today only think that the Avelus of Sphira is because of Tamir Rebekiva, whereas Professor Sperber proved out, proved rather convincingly that there is no way that we could have the Minig Ashkenaz of beginning on Rosh Chodesh Iyar unless we thought there would be another reason for the this particular Avelis. I'd like to conclude by mentioning that the Minhagim of the Minig of people who keep the whole Sphira is a practical Minig. That seems to be the Sephardi approach. The Ashkenazi custom could seem to have either approach, either from Pesach till Lagba Omer, or from Rosh Chodesh until Shavuos. People pointed out how to get enough days, which days are permitted, which days are not permitted. But I'd like to mention that I heard from Rav Aaron Salavechik, I'm sure many other Poskim have agreed with this, that the custom is not a custom that a person must feel, I do, it, it's my family custom, or it's my personal custom, he said it could be done every year as the person feels for that particular year. Very often, a person has a reason that this particular year it would be more convenient to keep Svira what, the other custom that he, than he kept last year. So Rav Aaron Salavechik said it's completely legitimate. 
there is no cut and dry halachic requirement to keep minig A or minig B, and therefore every year a person could choose either minig or minig B, whichever would be more convenient for him that particular year.